0: The Storms of Life Part 1 of the Storms of Life series A Sandman Potfik Written by Torta and read by Literarian Chapter 10 Summary <laughs> Hop gets a visitor <laughs> Love will find a way through paths where wolves fear to prey Lord Byron. Hop wakes up to a rainy October morning, but he feels more refreshed than he has in months, and the rain can't dampen his mood. He feels elated. The dream is still vivid in his mind. His friend has finally appeared and has forgiven him his forwardness, has... (sighs) Hop shivers and blushes, even alone in his bed. His friend has let him hold his heart. His own is beating so hard it feels like it's about to burst and Hop sits up, trying to dispel the restless energy he feels. He remembers that he has invited his stranger to visit him. For tea. And his friend said yes. His friend whose name is Dream. Hop laughs out loud and gets out of bed with an enthusiasm he hasn't felt in a long time. Over the course of the morning, While taking a light breakfast of apples and tea in the kitchen, Hop calms down and tries to be reasonable. He doesn't know when his friend will visit. It could be months, years even. Still, everything sooner than 98 years is to be looked forward to, and so he decides to ready himself accordingly. It is time that Andrew Pollock stocked up his pantry. Maggie, the girl who comes round to clean a bit and takes his washing, is quite perplexed when he greets her cheerfully and asks her for the current news. He hasn't really engaged in conversation with any of the villagers in the last year and everyone eventually left him alone. Hope means to change that. Now that he knows that his stranger will visit him, at least once, maybe more often if he's lucky, he feels finally able to enter the world again. He doesn't want his friend to find him a depressed hermit whose whole thinking revolves around nothing but him. He does not want to continue being pathetically lonely by choice. He has to get a grip on his life again. Maggie is confused but happy about his new enthusiasm and lets him accompany her to the village. He greets everyone they meet with a smile and Hop makes a rather large order at the convenience store. The owner smiles and asks him if he's expecting visitors. Yes, I am. Hop says, and can't help the grin. He knows that he and his mysterious visitor will be the theme of the village gossip for a while, but he doesn't care. When he's on his way home, a lot of people are already approaching him, curious to see him in town. He makes small talk, apologises for his lack of social engagement and parts from everybody with a smile. It feels good to talk to people again and Hop realises how lonely he has truly been this last year, how little he cares for it. Adam, the son of the mailman, who usually delivers his orders to his cottage, catches his eye at the edge of the village. Mr. Pollock, I hear you're expecting a visitor. I, uh... Yes, I am. Word travels fast, doesn't it? Adam laughs good-naturedly. Ha (laughs) ha, of course. You're our most mysterious neighbour after all. But I'm wondering... He leans closer with a conspiratorial look. How did your visitor announce themselves? There's been no mail for you, no telegram. Hop gulps and laughs weakly. He hasn't thought this through. Adam wiggles his eyebrows and seems not too concerned, gladly. He laughs. Did they send a pigeon? Maybe. Hop smiles and cries for the same conspiratorial air. Adam points at something behind Hop and says, Oh, maybe that one? Hop turns around and stares wide-eyed at a white-breasted raven sitting on a fence very near them. It eyes him and gives a croak. Hop knows that bird. He has met it in his dreams once, hasn't he? Can this be... His mind running, he turns back to the boy with a smile and says easily, That would be funny, wouldn't it? No, this meeting has been arranged for a long time, and now that the appointment is drawing nearer, I'm getting excited. I don't know yet when exactly my visitor will arrive. If you receive any mail for me, please let me know immediately, yes? Have a good day now. Of course, Mr. Pollock, have a good day. I'll be around with the first part of your order this afternoon. Is that all right, sir? Quite all right, Adam, thank you. The boy walks off and Hops starts slowly walking as well, keeping an eye on the raven. It croaks again. And he stops. I can't be seen talking to a bird in town. I live down the road by the sea. You'll find it easily enough. He feels silly. Why does he think the bird wants to talk to him? It cocks its head and takes off. Hop frowns and continues his walk home. When he nears his cottage, he can see the raven perched on the roof, waiting for him. Hop feels his pulse speed up. Dream. Dream. A bird he met in a dream. He hurries the rest of the way and when he steps up to the front door, the raven flutters down from the gable to perch on the iron rail holding a lantern above the door. Hop looks at it expectantly. Hello again. We've met before, haven't we? By the sea? Yes, well met, Hop Gatling, the raven answers, and Hop actually startles. He didn't really expect it to answer him. You can talk. Marvelous observation. I have a message from my lord. Hob's heart is beating faster and he swallows nervously. Yes, he asks, a little breathless. The raven puffs out its... her? chest and looks down its beak at him if something like that can be said of a bird. I am here to inform you that my lord intends to accept your invitation and will visit your house tomorrow afternoon, around tea time. Hop grins. Tomorrow? Already? He was prepared to wait for a few years, but tomorrow... He realises that the raven seems to be waiting for an answer. Um, yes, wonderful. Please tell him. He swallows again, feeling giddy with joy. Tell him I'm eagerly awaiting him. The bird croaks and flaps its wings. It mutters something that sounds like bloody obviously, fiercely and takes off without a goodbye. He stares after it, stunned and a bit overwhelmed. Tomorrow. Grimm will visit him tomorrow for tea, like he promised. With a smile still splitting his face, he enters his home and gets to work. He wants the house clean to make a good impression. Hop gets through the day by sheer force of will and exhausts himself with cleaning and gardening. In the afternoon, Adam brings the first part of what he has ordered. Fruits, fresh bread and new tea, biscuits, sausages and cheese and four bottles of good wine, two white and two red. It will be enough to host his friend, Hop hopes. He has never touched any food in his presence before, but he wants to be able to offer something more than tea. In the evening, he is so tired that he falls into bed without any prior focusing and sleeps dreamless through the night. The next day comes with clear skies and a fresh breeze and Hob spends it fretting in the garden, trimming the roses and unobtrusively decorating the small sitting area with blankets and flower pots. He daydreams about Dream and him taking their tea out here, sitting close on the bench like in his dream two nights ago. The nearer tea time comes, the more nervous Hop gets. He dusts off every surface once more, fills the kettle and checks the cups for dirt and chipped edges. When the knock on the door finally comes, Hop realises with terror that he has not changed. He's still wearing the sweaty shirt with which he did the garden work and there's dirt on his knees. There comes a second knock, and Hop hurries to the door. It can't be helped, he thinks, and opens the front door with a nervous smile. His friend is standing before him, dressed all in black, like usual. He looks almost the same as he did two years ago in London, only his hair is a bit longer, a bit wilder.
1: Hop Gatling. Thank you for
0: inviting me, his friend says with a small smile. Hob takes a little bow. At the moment it is Andrew Pollock at your service, my friend. Please come in. Grim nods in thanks and steps into Hob's cottage with all the grace of royalty. Hob feels giddy. His friend is here! He's actually here, and Hop is awake. Hop closes the door and leads his friend into the small living room. It's not much, I'm afraid, but please make yourself comfortable. Graham takes a look around the room and then says, You wanted to show me your garden? Hop blushes. Yes, I thought we might take our tea out there, if you like. Grim nods. Right, let me just prepare it real quick. If you want, you can take the door back there and have a look around. Grim tilts his head in acknowledgement and steps out into the garden. Hop hurries into the kitchen, and while he puts the kettle on, he contemplates if he has time to change into clean clothes. He turns around to head to his bedroom and almost runs into Dream, standing behind him. Christ, Hop jumps. Everything all right, my friend? He asks shakily. Dream tilts his head.
1: Yes, I like your garden, but I wanted to see the rest of your house. Of of
0: course, I was just contemplating changing, you see. Hop gestures at himself and gives a small self-deprecating laugh. I forgot to change out of my work clothes. I'm sorry. Dream gives him a once-over and leans closer. Hop blushes and leans back against the kitchen counter.
1: I have no problem with your current attire. It is proof of your devotion to your garden. I find it endearing.
0: Hop shivers at Dream's intense gaze and opens his mouth to say something when the kettle goes off and he flinches violently. Dream blinks and takes a step back to let Hop prepare the tea.
1: So Andrew Pollock not your usual choice of name. For safety reasons, I assume.
0: They are sitting on the garden bench like Hop envisioned. Hop slowly drinking his tea, dream holding his cup in his palms. He has yet to take a sip, but it seems like he enjoys the warmth. Yes, it seemed sensible to choose a name not similar to my own. In a few decades, I hope I'll get to be myself again. Hop chuckles sadly. Dream stares at him, then puts the teacup down on the small garden table and lifts a hand to touch the side of his head. And Hob praises.
1: The short hair is a part of your disguise. Hob
0: stares at him for a second before answering, "Yes, and the beard." Dream hums.
1: Mm, I haven't seen you with a beard since 1589. I like it. You do? Yes, it reminds me of when we first met. Although, I miss this.
0: His thumb catches Hop's chin and presses into the dimple hidden by his beard. Hop huffs a laugh. (laughs) Nobody ever misses that.
1: Why not?
0: Dream seems genuinely puzzled. Hop blushes. Well, not a lot of people consider it attractive. You wouldn't believe how much more positive appraisal I've gotten since I've grown this beard.
1: It does make you look roguishly handsome.
0: Dream's eyes crinkle with laughter. His thumb brushes absently over the dimple in Hop's chin again. Hop feels like his face is on fire. He makes a noncommittal sound, not trusting his voice. That Dream is touching him this much is a lot to process. That his fingers are still lingering on his face is very distracting, and Hop can't think of any words. He is so close, he can see the swirls of stars in Dream's eyes. It is mesmerizing. Hop nervously licks his lips and Dream's eyes flicker down to his mouth and back up again. Hop feels a whimper stuck in his throat. He feels pulled taut like a lute string and ready to snap. Hop, Dream murmurs and puts his other hand softly on Hop's cheek.
1: May I?
0: He trails off, and eyes Hop's lips again, and Hop can only breathe a desperate, yes, please, and close his eyes as his friend leans in. Dream's lips are as soft as rose petals, as his heart, and Hop sighs at the contact as butterflies wildly dance in his belly. Dream lets out a deep rumble, reminding Hop again of a huge cat. He presses closer and Hop can't reach out because he's still holding his tea and so he lets Dream take his time and direct the kiss, which stays gentle and chaste. When his friend pulls back, Hop opens his eyes and gasps in wonder at the sight. Out of Dream's mantle spills a fountain of rosy light, and what looks like fragments of light or feathers swirl around them, engulfing them both in the soft warm color of tea roses. Dream's eyes are dark and hooded, and he blinks lazily at him, a small smile on his lips. Hob lets go of the teacup and does not mind when it hits the ground with a small chinking sound. He puts his hands on Dream's face and pulls him back in for another kiss. This one grows much more heated quickly and they both gasp when they finally pull apart. Dream... Hop tries, but is interrupted by his friend growling and kissing him again with fervor. Hop can feel heat pouring off Dream's chest, the pulse of his heart wild and heavy, vibrating in the air around them. Hop feels like his own heart tries to match the beat, thudding loudly against his ribs. Hop... Dream almost whines, and Hop buries his hands deeper into his unruly hair and kisses his eyelids, his cheek. Yes, love,
1: love,
0: his friend asks with wonder, eyes wide. Hop pulls their foreheads together and whispers breathlessly, Yes, yes, all the time. Didn't you know? He gently kisses Dream's cheeks again, one, then the other, and adds, Isn't that why you gave your heart to me to hold? Because you know? He looks him in the eyes. That I'll love you forever? Dream stares at him like he's the most wondrous thing he's ever seen, and Hop feels himself flush all over. Then Dream suddenly frowns, and Hop freezes with worry.
1: You should not make promises that you may not be able to keep, Hopgatling.
0: Hop shakes his head. I'm not... I've loved you for centuries, Dream. I'm not just going to stop. I don't think I can. I told you. He pushes himself further into Dream's lap. I'm greedy. I want all of you. Yes, he adds, when Dream growls dangerously and sharp claws dig into Hob's sides, ripping into his shirt... Even your more dangerous parts, please. He takes Dream's face in his hands again and forces him to look at him. His eyes are black tidal pools of darkness, but Hob stares resolutely into the void. Don't insult me by thinking I don't know my own heart after living over 500 years. I know that I love you, more than anything, and it won't change, no matter which form you take. Dream, my friend. He keeps looking into the fathomless depths of Dream's eyes until he feels like he's falling into the darkness between the stars. Hop clutches at his mantle, trying to stay tethered to the here and now. Then, slowly, the hands of his friend turn less sharp and grip his sides firmly but without claws. Stars appear in the void of Dream's eyes and Hop feels like he can breathe again. Dream leans his forehead against Hop's again and closes his eyes with a deep sigh.
1: I. Will not insult your sincerity, Hob. Forgive me, it has been long since I felt I could trust
0: love. He looks at Hob, still with a frown marring his face, and says,
1: My affections are not easily borne. They can be too much for some.
0: Hop smiled softly. I've had several former lovers complain about me being too much. Maybe we are well matched in our ferocity, my dear. A small smile plays around Dream's lips.
1: Perhaps. On your head be it then, Hop <laughs> You're
0: insufferable. Hop kisses him with a grin. Dream hums again deeply and pulls him even closer, enveloping him in his arms. Hop puts a hand on Dream's chest and feels the warmth of his heart spill through his fingers. Silently, he vows to himself to put his own heart into Dream's hand the next time he dreams, to drive his point home. Didn't you want to see the rest of the house? Hop gasps against Dream's mouth, and his friend pulls him up from the bench with eyes sparkling.
1: I did. And as the king of dreams and nightmares, I have a singular interest in your bedroom. Hop
0: laughs out loud. <laughs> That's horrible! Oh my god, you're terrible at flirting! He shakes with laughter until Dream roughly pulls him close again and kisses the laughter from his mouth with a snarl and bites at his chin, chasing the dimple. Hop does make it up to him soon afterwards and is rewarded with the most gorgeous display of rosy dream shapes in his bedroom. The End